Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. I'm going to open up in prayer, and we're going to dive right on into the Word of God. Father God, we come on this day, O oh God, giving you glory, giving you honor, giving you praise, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God, for this day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it, O oh God. I thank you, O oh God, for each and every one who's listening under the sound of my voice, O oh God. We thank you for your word, O oh God, the word that should be uh, go forth on tonight, O oh God. We thank you that it should go forth with power, O oh God, for we know that your word shall accomplish what you set it out to accomplish in this earth, O oh God. So I ask you to open our ears that we may hear, O oh God. Touch our hearts, dear God, that your word may go in our hearts and may penetrate our hearts, O oh God, and take root in our lives, O oh God, so we can be more effective in carrying out your kingdom mandate for our lives. Lord, we bless your name. We glorify your name right now. These and all blessed we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Do a quick recap of last week's Bible study because, of course, we're still on the series entitled Spiritual Warfare Training. Last week was part six. And the topic last week uh, was prayer as a weapon. We talked about how um, that God doesn't just want us to have uh, to just pray, but he wants us to have a prayer life, a life of prayer. And if we want to consistently see the power of God demonstrating our life, we should consistently pray because prayer recharges our battery. Holy Spirit doesn't need to be recharged. You know, because the Holy Spirit is the power. You know, the Holy Spirit is what, what cast out the demons, heals the sick, raised the dead. That's what the Holy Spirit does, that power living in us. But we need to recharge our battery by constantly dying to our flesh daily, seeking God so we continue to be strengthened to move forward in the things of God. And with that being said, we also, you know, since we're carrying the Holy Spirit around with us, understanding that uh, making room for the Holy Spirit uh, to heal, deliver, and raise the dead through you is a daily process. I said that begins and ends with prayer. It begins and ends with prayer. And then we talked about how prayer is not something that God needs, but it's what we need. Um, and so we should not begin to think that we're going to be effective concerning any matter in the spirit without prayer. So again, God's reminding us the importance of prayer, especially when we're talking about prayer, uh, spiritual warfare, why prayer is important, not just praying, but having a prayer life, because prayer keeps you fresh for battle, and then makes sure you're prepared for whatever uh, may come your way. And we also say that when you don't have a prayer life, it's like telling God that you don't need the blood of Jesus to cover you. Because, again, prayer is not an option, but it's your duty to pray as a soldier in God's army. And every time that you pray, it reunites you uh, with your first home. We know your first home is heaven where God is. Okay? Uh, so that's just a quick recap of last week. But tonight, uh, again, we're still on our series entitled Spiritual Warfare Training. And tonight we are going into part seven, part seven, uh, which is entitled the warfare team. So tonight we're going to talk about, again, we've been going piece by piece, concept, precept upon precept. We continue to build on the foundation that we set at the start of this series. Uh, and so again, tonight we're going to talk about the warfare team. Okay. And with that being said, so first of all, uh, we have to understand that there's a guarantee as a child of God that you are never alone in spiritual warfare. We understand that, that as a child of God, it's a guarantee that you're never alone in spiritual warfare. There's not a battle that you will face alone. There's not one battle that you will face alone, okay? So no matter how much pressure you may feel you're under or how heavy the task, how heavy the assignment, understand that you're never alone. You will never 
be alone on the battlefield. Okay? So you have all of heaven on your side when you enter spiritual warfare. And all you need to do is make a prayer call. And no matter how much the enemy throws at you, you must recognize that you have far more power on your side. There's far more power that's working on your side than what's working against you. And what's even more amazing is that all the power that you need to win in warfare is already in you. No matter what the enemy throws at you, no matter what the attack may be, no matter how heavy the pressure may be, you have everything already in you that you will need to win in warfare. And so the power of the Holy Spirit is nothing, trust me, the power of the Holy Spirit is nothing that the enemy wants to run up on. So you are to let the Holy Spirit literally have his way in your life. Trust me, the enemy does not want any part of the Holy Spirit because they, they, they know the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit casts out demons. The Holy Spirit heals the sick, raises the dead, etc. And you have that living, you have him living in you. So you must give the Holy Spirit something to work with. And that's by doing, that's by going out and doing. And when you go about doing God's will, the Holy Spirit will go about demonstrating his power through you. So again, as we've been saying since the beginning of this series, that takes pressure off of you. That takes pressure off of you now. Because it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the work. You just have to present the opportunity by going and doing what God's commanded you to do. Okay, so again, you go, when, when you go about doing God's will, the Holy Spirit will go about demonstrating his power through you. And this requires some action on our part. Being a child of God, yes, it comes with responsibility, and God trusts you with responsibility. He trusts you with whatever God put in your hands, he's trusted you with. Whatever spirit of influence he's given you, he's trusted you with. Whether it starts in your home, on your job, that's a spirit of influence God has given you. That's territory God has given you, and he trusts you with it. And so if anything's out of whack, anything's out of order, it's not lining up with what you know is in God's will, then you have the responsibility to put it in order. And that's through the power of the Holy Spirit in you and the authority of Jesus Christ. And again, we're going to keep hitting this over and over again, reiterating it over and over again, that the, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what, what, what does the work through you. That, like I said, it's, it's healing the sick. If it's casting out demons, etc., that's the Holy Spirit doing the work through you. So that takes pressure off the personal responsibility for you saying, oh, I have to go and I have to do it. No, you're not doing it. You're just presenting the Holy Spirit with the opportunity by showing up so that he can then do the work through you. So, again, God trusts you with the responsibility. He trusts you with the responsibility. Okay? And so understand, there's no demon from hell that can stand up to Christ. And the good news as a Christian is that your seat is in Christ. We see it all the time again in the scripture how we're seated in Christ, far above principalities, power, far, far above all wickedness. So therefore, again, reminding you to take your seat. Take your seat of authority. God, we, we, we warned him a couple weeks ago about uh, the three heavens. Our earth is the first heaven. That's where we live. This is the domain God gave us to say, okay, do business until I come. God's saying, look, I'm not getting up on my throne. I'm going to do the work through you on earth. The earth is yours. Well, it all belongs to God, but he said, I'm going to allow you to manage it. I'm putting you in charge to rule, to do, have dominion. That's why we're kings and priests. And again, not gender-specific kings, meaning kings and queens. That's why he placed you here to bring his kingdom here on earth because the enemy is trying to fill it with darkness. The enemy is trying to, trying to fill it with all type of mess. The enemy is trying to fill it with sickness by inflicting God's people with sickness, by trying to mess with your mind, by trying to cause depression and stress, etc. And, uh, and even just before I came on the call, I saw an article uh, that uh, the actor Robin Williams died. 
okay? And I didn't know that he was battling depression, but they said he was battling severe depression, and they're going to do an autopsy, but they're, they're thinking that it was probably uh, suicide from severe depression. So, again, it's not money ain't going to do it. Money can't comfort you. I don't know what the whole situation was. And, you know, I'm not jumping to conclusions, but based on the article, they said they suspect that it was suicide, okay? And imagine if he came in contact with you. If he, if he came in contact with you because of the power of the Holy Spirit that you have, that you know you have, you walk in, you could have set him free. You could have set him free because depression is from Amy. That's a spirit. That's a demonic spirit. But we have the power and authority to cast that out. So he was sitting there battling these demons, and, 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 all, he, and all he could figure out the best thing to do was try to and, – and his life, if that's what happened. But clearly he still was battling depression, severe depression, as I said. So what? That's from the enemy. That's from the enemy, but we have the power and authority as children of God to bring light. He was battling darkness, and it's our job to bring light. So there may be someone in your backyard, on your job, in your community, in your church, who may be battling depression, who may be going through. But the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you can set them free. And you're not doing the work. It's the Holy Spirit doing the work for you. We have, that's our responsibility. That's the thing. It's not an option. We've been led to believe that it's an option. It's not an option to bring light to darkness. That's our job. That's why God planted you there. That's why God put you where he put you, because you're supposed to shine. You're supposed to flourish, regardless of what flesh, what man thinks about you, what they think, who they think you are based on your position. That It doesn't matter. In God's kingdom, in God's government, he knows who you are. He plants you there. You are royalty, regardless of what man may think of you. And he, you have the power and authority, and you got to go to work. You have to put it to work. You have to put the work in your life. Show up and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work for you. And that comes with faith. Having faith to say, Lord, I believe that you can set this person free. Faith to say, Lord, I know that you can give me the words to speak to this person, etc. Whatever situation you come in, because he gave you that territory in your home, on your job, to set it in order. Okay? So it's not a matter of if the enemy will show up, because we already know the enemy is going to show up. We just need to stay prayed up and study up for the attacks. Satan and his demons are always forming weapons against us, but you ought to trust God when he said that the weapons won't prosper against you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why is that? Because you are a child of God. So with that being said, because you are a child of God, you have to trust God when God says that these weapons won't prosper. So Satan should not be prospering in your life. Because you don't belong to Satan. You belong to God, and God will prosper in your life. It's not God's will. Hear me clearly. Hear me clearly. It is not God's will for you to lose because God's children don't lose. It is never, look, hear me clearly, it is never your season of suffering because God opposes the suffering of his children. Jesus Christ already suffered for us. He carried our sins. He carried the lies, the persecution, the sickness. He carried, he bore all that, and it, he took it with him on the cross. So it is not God's will for you to be sick. It is not God's will for you to be in bondage. It is not God's will for you to suffer. And some of you have been, been proclaiming that over your life. Well, I just get this is my season. I, I mean, I've talked to people who said, well, maybe I was just put here to suffer. The devil is a lie. That is not of God. No, you were not put here to suffer. That is a trick of the enemy. Those are seeds the enemy has sown in your life that it is that you can cast out of you. Okay? So again, 
It is not no season of suffering. Jesus already suffered for us. So we have to keep fighting this battle with our heavenly resources. And if the enemy is spiritually attacking someone in your territory, it's your job to help them fight back in the spirit because why? You bring light. You bring light. So it's your job to help them fight back in the spirit because you bring light. So it is your business, as we mentioned last week, because it's God's business. As we talked about last week, like you said, oh, I just want to go to work and I don't mind my business. I ain't, I'm just staying. I'm just going to, no, 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 no. If things are out of order and God plans you there, it is your business because it's God's business because he planted you there. And I say it week after week. Where God planted you, he expects you to flourish. Where God planted you, he expects you to flourish. Okay? So it is your business when it's God's business. So you will find no place in scripture. Well, Jesus walked by someone in need. So we're supposed to be like Christ, and since we are in him and he's doing the work through us, we should be doing the same thing. So we should be doing even greater works than Jesus because he said we're supposed to do greater works than he did on the earth. He said it. It's in his word. Greater works you shall do. He said, I'm going back to my father, but greater works you shall do. Greater works. What did Jesus do? Heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. Those who are being tormented, he set them free. And you have that same power in you, the Holy Spirit. And you have the authority of Jesus Christ. And demons have to obey the authority of Jesus Christ. So that's why you got to stay at it. And see, the enemy, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, the enemy wants to make you, as we mentioned last week, actually, the enemy wants to make you think that your prayers aren't effective. Because you didn't see the result. Because you didn't see the change. Because you didn't see the manifestation. But it's very possible that, that's not just very possible, it's highly likely that some of the things that you're praying for it goes beyond you. You think it's just about you, just your personal situation, your personal things you're dealing with, but it's much bigger than that. You have territory God has assigned to you, and that territory is filled with more than just you. You're just one person in that territory, but God said, look, I'm going to trust you with this. You see, If you see darkness, you bring light. Jesus never walked by someone in need and didn't change their life. And he said, greater works you shall do. So guess what? Greater works you're supposed to be doing. And you and take that that personal pressure off of you of thinking of something on you. All you have to do is show up, be obedient, and let the Holy Spirit do the work through you, through your faith. Okay, so so understand this: you have the upper hand in every spiritual battle you face. You have you have the upper hand. You just need to ask God to change your mindset and open your eyes to see it. You just need to follow the directions of God. Understand that there is strategy for every single battle you will face. There will be a strategy for every single battle that you will face. So you're supposed to win because when you're in Christ, you've already won. So accept your victory regardless of what it looks like right now. You just need to continue to fight through it and use all that God gave you. God never said that the enemy would not attack. But he did promise that you would have everything you need to overcome it and win. God's army is the only army. Watch this now. God's army is the only army that can confidently celebrate a victory in battle while the battle is still going on because it's already done. I'm going to say that again. God's army, we are part of God's army. It's God's children. When you accept Jesus Christ, God's army is the only army that can confidently celebrate a victory in battle while the battle is still going on, because it is all 
already done. God's already done it. Jesus already died on the cross for your victory. It's already done. So, so, so that's why you can celebrate it when it looks bad. You can celebrate victory when it feels bad. So that's what we got to get out of our feelings and get into our faith. God never said the just shall live by feelings. He said the just shall live by faith. We live by faith as children of God, not by our feelings. Then he said, he didn't say uh, we walk by feelings. He said we walk by faith, not by sight. What you see is tied to your feelings. It's tied to your flesh, what you see in the natural. But he said we walk by faith. And faith is what? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is your down payment in heaven. Faith is your evidence. Faith is all the evidence that you need because faith is tied to God, and in God is all things. So faith is the evidence that you need. That's been a missing link because you go by what you see, then you get caught up in your feelings. You will get caught up in your emotions. Yes, you have the human condition. Yes, you may feel this and feel that, feel pain, etc., but you can't live in that. Don't live in your feelings. You have to live in your faith. Because that's where we live as children of God. That's what I say. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because faith is tied to the spirit. Feelings are tied to the flesh. So we have to get in faith. In faith. And the only thing you can do is forfeit a victory by being disobedient or doing it your way instead of God's way. It has never been and will never be God's will for you to live a defeated life. Jesus died so you could be free. I'm going to say that again until you believe it. It's got to go down in your spirit. It has never been, and it will never be God's will for your life, for you to live a defeated life. Why? Because Jesus already died for you to be free. So, again, if there are things that are going on in your life that, are, that is messing with your peace, that is messing with your sanity, that is messing with your happiness, your joy, then you can bring about the power of God in your life. Tap into your heavenly resources to change the situation, and you keep praying, and you keep fighting, and you keep praying, and you keep fighting until it changes because you have the power and authority to do it. And I say it week after week. You are a warrior for Christ. God gave you a, a territory. He gave you assignments. It is not our job to roll over. It is our job to take over because on earth, Children of God, we have dominion here. We have rulership here. So when the enemy comes on our territory, on earth, then they're going to have a problem. Because you ain't moving nowhere. You can't go running in fear because God planted you there. God said, what are you doing? I gave you the power and authority. What are you running from? Fear is not for me. God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power, of love, and a sound mind. And what is that power? The Holy Spirit. What is love? God is love. What is the sound mind? He talks about having the mind of Christ, having the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ. So understand this. God has not, and he will not raise up an army of cowards. The enemy may pick a fight, but you will be sure to finish it. God did not send you here to be a coward. And how could you be a coward when you have the po- all power is in you? The Holy Spirit. 
So don't roll over. Don't take the abuse of the enemy and hide in a corner begging for mercy. God's children does not beg the enemy to stop beating on us, but we fight back with the power of God placed in us and we beat on the enemy. Don't let demons bully you, but you bully them because they don't need to play on your turf. You should not be afraid because you have the most powerful army that there is on your side. We have to get rid of that defeated mentality, that fear mentality that the enemy trying to try to sow seeds our mind and make us afraid, try to make us afraid. False evidence appearing real, fear. It's all a lie from the enemy. Understand this. Demons don't own anything on this earth. They only have temporary residence here because they stole it. And so God's children need to reoccupy our territory. We already know that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy, so it should come as no shock to you. We just need to make sure that we fight back. God wants his children to reclaim our position on this earth by allowing him to reign on earth through you. So get your opinions out of the way. Stop reading into what it looks like according to your flesh and start reading into God's report. Because God's report is completely different, a completely different outlook. So don't entertain the devil, but overthrow his works. And you're able to do that because of your warfare team. So what does your warfare team consist of? Your warfare team consists of five key players. Your, war team for, your warfare team consists of five key players. Number one is God. Two, Jesus. Three, the Holy Spirit. Number four, angels. And number five, brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to say it again. Number one is God. Number two is Jesus. Number three is Holy Sp- the Holy Spirit. Number four is angels. And number five is brothers and sisters in Christ. And watch this now. Any of the five key players is enough by themselves. Any, of the, any one of the five key players on your warfare team is enough all by itself. Satan is no match for any of the first four. And the, and the fifth key player, which is brothers, our brothers and sisters in Christ, or us, Satan and his demons are no match when we're in Christ. So understand, yes, Satan and his demons do have power, but they don't, they don't have power over any of the five key players on the warfare team. They have no power over God, no power over Jesus, no power over the Holy Spirit, no power over angels, and no power over you when you're in Christ. Understand this. So let's start with the first key player on the warfare team, God. Let's go to Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28, verses 12 through 17. Again, that's Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 12 through 17. Ezekiel 28, beginning at verse number 12, and it reads, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. Till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. 
So this chapter, this particular chapter, is, is, is a double prophecy. It had a double meaning. God was telling Ezekiel about the judgment of the earthly king of Tyre. And in verses 11 to 19, God told Ezekiel about the judgment of the spiritual king of Tyre, which was Lucifer. Okay? We know that's Satan. Uh, but that was his original name was Lucifer. Uh, so, so Lucifer was a cherub, a cherub angel. Okay? And he was placed in charge of the and he was placed in charge of all the other cherub angels. So Satan had perfect beauty. He was full of wisdom. He was perfect in all his ways. He was the highest model of perfection until he sinned against God. He became prideful because of his beauty and his wisdom. And he also became filled with violence. And look at what Lucifer means. Lucifer, Lucifer's name means light bearer, the shining one, or the star of morning. So he was indeed an angel of light. Thus he was a cherub. Uh, and, and we talked to, to before about how cherub angels are, are guardians of God's glory. So Satan constantly saw God's glory coming in, you know, constantly seeing all of God's glory. He was right that he was a cherub, a, a guardian of, of, of God's glory. And so he saw God's glory all the time. So he got big-headed, and he wanted for himself. He was beautiful. He had great wisdom. So he saw all of God's glory all the time. And then he, he, he felt he wanted for himself. He said, I could do this. I could do this. And he rebelled against God, and of course, God kicked him out of heaven. So again, he was corrupted because of his, for the sake of his beauty and his wisdom. So he was cast down to earth, and we now have power and authority over Satan and his demons through the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ in us. And this is why an attack on our lives on earth by the enemy, we have all power and all authority over them because we have full jurisdiction on earth. So you've got to make this first premise clear. You have full jurisdiction on this earth. In the territory God has assigned to you, you have full dominion, full power, full authority over any works of the enemy. So if the enemy comes on your territory, mess with your home, mess with your children, mess with your family, messing with you on your job, you have authority to deal with it. You have the authority of Jesus Christ to cancel it. You have the power of the Holy Spirit to cast it out, to get it to move out the way. Period. No questions asked. Simple as that. You accept Jesus Christ, boom, you get it. You accept Jesus Christ, you get the Holy Spirit. I don't have no more Holy Spirit than you have. I have no more Holy Spirit than you have. I have no more authority than you have. When you accept Jesus Christ, you get the Holy Spirit. And you get the authority of Jesus Christ, period. So you got to stop thinking less than yourself, thinking, oh, oh, someone's so much more anointed than me, and they just know so much more word than me. Hey, they don't have no more Holy Spirit than you. They don't have no more. So let's let's break that out right now. Let's make that clear. So we before we go any further, once you accept Jesus Christ, you get the Holy Spirit. You get Jesus' authority off the top to do God's will on this earth. Okay. It's impossible to effectively carry out God's will without his power and his authority. Okay. So being that you already have that and you know that you have that, then that means that it's just a matter of responsibility. Your responsibility may not be my responsibility as far as what God assigned to me, but God assigned things to you, and, that, and that's part of your responsibility, okay? But no one has more Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. The authority is the authority. It's just a matter of us walking in it and accepting it and getting your flesh out the way. Stop thinking that you're this, this low, sorry, beat down, weak person. That insults God. You are royalty. You are royalty. You have to understand it. You have to believe it. I don't care what the situation looks like. I don't care what your bank account looks like. I don't care what your health looks like because you have power over all of that to change it by the power and authority of Jesus Christ. Your reign of sickness is not from God. 
okay? Jesus died. He bore our sicknesses. So, again, by his stripes, we are already healed. So you can change that outcome, not just in your life, but in the life of someone else. And if certain things aren't adding up, you keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep fighting the spirit, and it will change. And it will get in line with God's will. It will get in line with God's word. Okay? So, again, this is why an attack on our lives on earth by the enemy, we have all power and all authority over them as we have jurisdiction on earth. Understand this. You have jurisdiction in your territory, and a demon is illegal there. If they come on your territory, you have every right, every power, all of the power, all the authority to evict them. And you start it with you are. You start in your home. Start on your job, the place that you are every day, right there around your, 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 your community and your grocery store. When you see darkness, you bring light. You see someone walking by with a cane or in a wheelchair, you know, okay, well, they, they've been inflicted. The enemy's inflicted, afflicted them. Because there's some people who've been in sickness so long, they just accept it as what it is. But if you can go, so right now I pray for you. I believe in the power of Jesus Christ. I know he can heal you. And don't be afraid because you ain't doing it. You just, you just showing up. You're giving the Holy Spirit an opportunity to be the Holy Spirit. Simple as that. Because God's business is what? Your business. God's business is your business. God's business is your business. And, and I had a joke today. I, I went out. Uh, something I'm going to start doing once, at least once a week. Um, just went out. Went out to the outlet. Went out to the mall. And I was looking. I said, well, I'm going to go look to see if I find anyone that needs healing. If I see anyone that looks crippled, looks sick, I'm going to go and I'm going to pray for them. Now, and I was joking. I, I went to a cardiology center outside, and the, the parking lot was halfway empty. And I told the devil, I said, I said, don't be hiding, demons. Don't, don't be hiding because y'all know I'm coming out here now. I went all throughout the outlet, all throughout the mall. I was shocked. Didn't find anyone. Even went to the Walmart. Didn't find anyone that looked physically, outwardly uh, afflicted in any way, shape, or form. But it's funny. When I'm not looking for it, then you see it all over. But I'm saying that that's, that's part of my responsibility because God gave me jurisdiction where I'm planted. That's my responsibility to bring light to darkness. Okay? It, it ain't nothing about, oh, because you a preacher. Oh, God. No, 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 no. God said, Jesus said, go in the earth. Make disciples. Of Christ, so go. He said to go. So we supposed to go. We supposed to go out. Everywhere you go, you bring light to darkness. That was a command. That ain't just for the preacher. That's for all of us. Bring light to darkness. When you come in contact with darkness, you bring light. You know someone's going through at work. Have a word with them. You don't got to be no long drawn out prayer. You just coming in the power and authority of Jesus Christ. Simple as that. Simple as that. And let him do the work. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let the authority of Christ do the work. You just have to show up. You just have to give them the opportunity to do it through you. Okay? So, again, we have full power and authority on earth. This is your jurisdiction. So where God planted you, he expects you to govern your territory through his power. Where God has planted you, he expects you to govern your territory through his power. Okay? And some of it's been kind of, you know, we, we, we got, got some, some, some wrongful thinking here, okay? It's not just, oh, it's, I'm going to put it all on the preacher. Oh, that's the pastor's job. No, 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 that's all of our job. That's all of our job. Sometimes we get caught up in, 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 in doing the work in the church. Oh, I'm, I'm serving usher and I'm doing this. All those things are wonderful, great that you're serving in the church, doing things in the church. But we got caught up in doing works in the church and not realizing that the majority of our work is outside the church. And that's why this is a remnant. Again, this is a remnant. 
In this season, God is raising up a people who will not just talk about the power. We will demonstrate the power. Everywhere you go. And so that's what I'm trying to get you to understand, that God gave you territory. And he gave you territory that he entrusted you with. And he said, I want you to rule in that territory. To whom much is given, much is required. If you be faithful, Scripture says, if you're faithful over a few things, I'll make you rulers over many. So govern your territory effectively, and God will give you more territory to govern. But where he planted you, and I always give you the same small radius to make it simple, your home. Take authority in your home over your family. Okay? If they, things are out of order, out of whack, you can, you can shift that on your job because that's where you're there most of the time. Okay? So God expects you where he plans you to, give, to govern the territory through his power. The bottom line is that God himself kicked Satan out of heaven. Again, we talk about our first key player on our warfare team. Again, is God. He personally kicked Satan out of heaven. Kicked Satan out of heaven. So God kicked Satan out of heaven, and you're God's child. So he's no match for a child of God who latches on to the power of God. Not only that, but God created angels, including Satan, who was once an angel. Again, an angel of light, light bearer, the shining one. Satan lost his rank and his home in God's government. Now Satan tries to place fear in our hearts. And rage war against us. Satan and his demons, watch this now. Satan and his demons are not afraid of you. They're not afraid of me. But they are afraid and they're terrified of the God that's in you. They're afraid of the God that's in me. They're afraid of the Holy Spirit in you. So you have to wake up to the real you. And one main reason why the enemy works so hard against you is to try to prevent you from accepting and walking in the power and authority in you. And let's be clear. That Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan fights against angels and humans. Satan and his demons fight against angels. They, they, don't, they can't get to God. Okay? So God has no need to get off of his throne because he placed us in charge of earth to rule on his behalf by his power. He placed us on earth. He placed you on earth. And that's what we're trying to get to understand. He said the rules so do have dominion on earth. God placed you on earth to rule. You got to get this in your mind. You are to rule on earth. You are a king and a priest, a king because you're royalty, and God is the what? The king of kings. And then you can go to God at any time for yourself or others. That's what makes you a priest. You can now go to God yourself. In the Old Testament, they had to go to the priest to offer the sacrifice and all that, and, and the priest had to go to God on behalf of the people. Now we can go to God for ourselves, so that's what makes us priests. We can directly go to God the Father for ourselves, okay? So, again, you have to take dominion over your territory. I don't care what it looks like, how heavy it feels, you are able to do it because of the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You just got to show up. You just have to stop allowing fear to push you out of doing the things God's called you to do. Fear will push you out of think, think that you're not equipped, you're not qualified. How could you not be equipped? How could you not be qualified when you have the power of the Holy Spirit living in you and the authority of Jesus Christ? What, what more authentication do you need? What more qualification do you need when you have, right, when you have all power already in you? So you got to stop listening to man talk and words and folk trying to discourage you or, or trying to look down on you because guess what? That's why you get, when you wake up to the real you, you'll recognize, look, I got the power. I got the authority. And look, everyone ain't getting this teaching. There's some folk who's still walking in, 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 with a narrow mindset, and, look, you got this now, so you're so you waking up your power and your authority. And you, my very beautiful one, the same ones who talking trash you or who looking down, you may be the very one that God that going to have to set them free. You may be the very one, the one that got to deliver them. They got to heal them of their sickness by the power of God in you. So that's why you stay your course. Stay the course. Okay? 
All right, let's talk about uh, our warfare team player number two, Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Again, we're talking about this is spiritual warfare part seven, the warfare team. Okay, warfare team player number two, Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And I said we got to keep reiterating this because I know it's changing some of your mindset. You got to get that old, that old traditional bondage mindset to be gone, because God is waking you up to who you really are in Him. I say it week after week that God is not getting off of His throne. He told you and I to rule on this earth. He told us to do business until Christ returns. He's the CEO, but He's saying, "Look." I'm making you a manager. I'm making you a supervisor on this earth. I need you to manage my stuff until Christ returns. Okay? Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And it reads, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And some of your translation may say all power, but it's really translated all authority when you look at the Greek. So it's all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. So here we find Jesus after his resurrection. He was speaking to the 11 disciples because Judas committed suicide after he betrayed Jesus. So here we see that Jesus said that all authority has been given to him. So we're seated in Christ, so we have all authority because it's Christ's authority. You, you put the two together, you have all authority because it's Christ's authority, and you have the authority of Christ in you. So if Christ has all authority and the authority of Christ is in you, that means you have all authority because Christ is in you and you in Christ. Okay? We're seated in Christ, so we have all authority because it's his authority. And this is another reason why you win in spiritual warfare. Demons must obey the authority of Christ. This is why Christ wants to live through us on earth. Remember he said, Scripture says, he who has begun a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to complete what he started in you. So what, watch this now. Watch this. And I said it before that when Jesus said, I'm going back to the Father, but greater works you shall do. Guess what? Because he's finishing what he started in you. What Christ started doing on earth, he healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons, went about setting folks free. He's finishing that through us. That's why he says that he who has begun a good work shall complete it in you until the day of Christ, until Christ returns. So he's just finishing what he started. That's why he said, greater works you're going to do. That's why he expects you to do more than what he did. But watch this now. I'm going to shake your foundation a little bit. Let's look at what Jesus did. He also commanded us. He said, go. Heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. That's what he said, and that's what he did. So that means that that's the bare minimum. Huh. You mean to tell me that healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons is the bare minimum? Yeah, pretty much. That came with the territory. In, in Matthew 10, we talked about it multiple times. What's the first thing Jesus gave his disciples? Power over unclean spirits, power to heal the sick, power to cast out demons. Hello? Power to raise the dead, 
First thing he gave his disciples. That that's before that's before they really even knew who he was. The first thing he gave them. And when you accept Christ, what's the first thing you get? The Holy Spirit, which is the power to do all of those things. That's the minimum. So watch this now. Wow. You mean to tell me that for far too long, the church as a whole, we, we, like I said, we flirted with it. We, we played with it. We flirted with it here and there, have been living below our potential. Why is this? Well, how do I know this? Because the bare minimum is healing the sick. Casting out demons, raising the dead. Raising the dead is a big time thing now. It, it's, a, it's, it's a big habit. That happened. That's like, whoa, most people don't believe that's possible. Oh, no, those type of works don't happen on earth anymore. The devil. You see what I'm saying? Those are the bare minimum. The bare minimum. But guess what? Oh, this remedy that God is raising up, that you are part of. You are alive for such a time as this. Because no longer will we talk about the power. No longer will we just talk about the authority, but we will demonstrate the power. We will demonstrate the authority, and God's going to do it through you. That's why it's so important that you're getting this word, that you're hearing this word, that you're going back to study this word, because God is breaking bad tradition, old tradition, old mindsets. It's a paradigm shift, so you've got to catch this thing. And guess what? The beautiful thing about it is he said, I'm going to do it through you. You just got to let me do it. You just got to let me work. Give me opportunities. You got to go. You got to go. When you see darkness, you got to go bring light. When you see someone struggling, you got to go. Go pray for them. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to pray for them over here. Go to them. Bring life. Because when you show up to them, whether they're sick, whether they're depressed, when you show up to them, whether they just need a listening ear, when you show up to them, you just brought the kingdom of God unto them. Behold, the kingdom of God has come unto you on this day. And remember what we said? Let's go back to some, some, uh, some things we talked about a long time ago. That everywhere you go, you're supposed to leave the positives of heaven. Everywhere you go, you're supposed to leave the positives of heaven because you came out of heaven. You came out of God. So you're supposed to leave the positives of heaven everywhere you go. And what better way, what better deposit to leave than to see someone downtrodden, downcast, in bondage, and you set them free by the power of the Holy Spirit in you, by the authority of Jesus Christ. Ain't that something? And that's the bare minimum. So God is raising, again, kingdom, kingdom mindset. He's raising the church up to wake up. We're waking up. We're waking up. We're waking up. So the world will once again look to the church be like, wow, that's where the answers truly are, through Christ. Wow, I'm going to go there. It'll get to a point where folks, and it's going to take some, some, some mindset changes because, you know, God bless the doctors. God bless the medicine, all that stuff, et cetera. We're not going to even get into you know, the, the the drug world, pharmacy world, and, and how, you know, the, the multi-billion dollar industry and how that works and operates and how you even look at the website that medicine is, was not meant to heal, it was meant to maintain sickness, just to maintain it, just to, you know, kind of treat it, okay? So to a, we'll get to a point, and especially those of you getting this word, that before you think medicine, before you think doctor, you're going to think, I'm going to pray. I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going to deal with this thing. Your, your mind, you, you will be so in tune with God and the power that's already in you. You know, I think, oh, I need to go to the hospital. You can think, oh, I, I'm about to cast this thing out. I'm about to set this thing free. Because you got all power in you. All power. The minimum. Okay? So the beautiful thing about that is, again, like I said, the minimum is to raise the, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons. 
but you have the power of the Holy Spirit working in you, which is all part of doing it. And you have all authority, which is in Christ. And because Christ has all authority, he's in you, we in him, all authority you now have. Okay? And understand, there is authority in the name of Jesus, and it will stop any demon in their track in your life. Any demon. It will stop it in their tracks. Okay? So in this passage, again, we, we see this is what Jesus is doing. We had dominion on earth at one point in time, and we lost it because of sin. This so Adam and Eve. We lost because of sin, and Jesus redeemed us so we can have dominion again. So Jesus helped us to have dominion again and to ensure that we have the victory. So he will do the work to us if we use his authority. It's not our authority, but it's his authority. Using the name of Jesus is a privilege, and the authority that comes with his name is activated through your faith in him. And notice that after Jesus told the disciples that all authority was given unto him in heaven and earth, he gave them instructions to go and make more disciples and to teach others all that Jesus taught them. And watch this now. And, and some of you have been trying to tell me, Lord, what's my purpose? I'm trying to find what, what am I here for? I don't really know my purpose. It's easy to find your main purpose. Our main calling is to go and make disciples of Christ and teach them what Christ taught. That's our main, the main purpose. What did it say? What did it, I'm, I'm telling you the word. Let's go back to, again, Matthew 28. What is, what is verse 19? First of all, let's look at verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them. Again, it's after Jesus' resurrection. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So this is like a reminder. He said, look, all authority has been given to me. Guess what? I'm going to the Father. Guess what? Great work she's going to do. Guess what? I'm going to give you that authority too because it's me doing it through you. So then he said, after that, he reminded us, okay, you got the authority. Then he said, look, now what I want you to do, verse 19, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So he said, okay, I want you to go, walk in upon authority, go bring light, okay? Because when you, when you bring light, you know, walk in upon authority, and they're, they're, they're having an encounter with Jesus Christ. They're, they're having an encounter with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so as you're teaching them, because when they saying baptize, you don't necessarily, necessarily mean go and, you know, physically you're going to physically baptize in the water. He's talking about when they come, when they accept Christ, they're going to be, they're going to get the Holy Spirit. Okay, so they're going to have an encounter with the kingdom of God. Then he says, then teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And then after he said you've done that, and they, and watch this now. This part that really gets me excited. After he told us all that, he said, and, and so when you go out there, guess what? He said, and lo, guess what? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he said, all I want you to do is just go. Just go, because I'm going to be with you. What you afraid of? Oh, you're afraid because you think it's about you. Because you think you're doing it. That's your flesh. You got to, you got to die out of flesh. Get your flesh out the way. He said, go, go, go. Let me do it through you. It's in his word. It's with the word. It says it right there. And he said, look, and I'm going to be with you. So also notice that he did not send us alone. He said, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. I'm going to be with you forever. So there's no excuse. Fear is never an excuse. There is no reason not to do what Christ commanded because he promised to be with you to work through you. And when Jesus said he was with us always, he literally means he is with us and in us, and we're in him because, again, where we seated in Christ. We came out of God and are literally the breath of God, and now we're seated in Christ because he is the only way to get to God the Father. Being in Christ gives you full access to the throne of God. Our seat of authority is in Christ, and we use his authority on earth. And that is why 
him having all authority on earth as well was so important. We need that authority to use on earth. And since he went back to heaven, he sent reinforcement of the Holy Spirit, which is the power to do the work. All right, let's go to Philippians 2. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11. Right, we're still talking about our second key player on our warfare team, which is Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. And it reads, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So this passage makes it clear that God exalted Jesus and gave him a name, the name that is above every name. And the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the Greek translation says, in the name of Jesus. So in other words, having Jesus on your warfare team is also enough by himself. Just having Jesus by himself is enough to win the battle. Even though we're, uh, even though there are those who reject Christ and rebel against Christ, like Satan and his demons, everyone will have to bow to Jesus when it's all said and done. Unbelievers, that's why, you know, you come contact unbeliever, sh shine your light, you know. Pray that they will get saved. Try to get them get saved. Tell them about the goodness of Jesus Christ. Let them look at your life as an example. So demons may have rebelled against God, but they know they must obey Christ's authority. That's why they flee when you bring Christ with you. So Satan and his demons reject Christ, but they still know his authority and have to back off when Christ shows up in you. And this is why it's such a focus on dying to our flesh because it's a daily process. Satan knows that his only way of truly getting at us is by praying on our flesh or the flesh of those around us that we're connected to. And that's how who you connected to is very important. Okay, let's go to the third member of our warfare team, the third key player, uh, the Holy Spirit. Let's go to John 16. John 16, verses 13 through 15. John 16, verses 13 through 15. Again, that's John 16, verses 13 through 15. All right, and it reads, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, for whatever he hears he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. And for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So here we find Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. The Holy Spirit speaks not on his own authority, but he only speaks what he hears. And he reveals things to us to bring glory to Jesus Christ because he took of what was Jesus to declare to us. He speaks what he hears, and when he speaks it to us, it becomes revelation to us. So when he hears from Jesus, he speaks to us. That's why Scripture says that the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. It says, eyes have not heard, ears have not, I mean, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither had it entered our heart what God has in store for us. But the Scripture doesn't stop. They say, but the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit searches out the deep things of God and reveals them to us. Okay, so don't take revelation from the Holy Spirit for granted because it's truly an honor and a privilege to hear from heaven. And so we're only able to do greater works on earth because of the Holy Spirit in us. However, we know that all things that God has is also Jesus, belongs to Jesus, and it also belongs to the Holy Spirit. Hence, it also belongs to us 
as children of God. Again, the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. So you can't get to Jesus without the Holy Spirit. And you can't get to the Holy Spirit without Jesus. You can't get the Holy Spirit without Jesus. So you can't get to Jesus without the Holy Spirit. You can't get the Holy Spirit without Jesus. Again, when you accept Jesus Christ, you get the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, well, again, God is in all truth. The Holy Spirit will speak what he hears and reveal it to us. So revelation is necessary as a child of God. Scripture says that where there is no revelation, in, in Proverbs 29 and 18, Scripture says that where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. When it talks about revelation, it refers to speaking of prophecy, preaching of God's word, or divine revelation from God. So when this is limited, people run wild and have no self-control. It's, it's, so it is needed because if we don't know what God is speaking to us individually and corporately, we will literally be lost. And so the Holy Spirit not only gives us intel in spiritual warfare, but he is also the power that works in us to overthrow demons and their works. So if you don't get revelation from God through the Holy Spirit, you're living what God did, not what God is doing. I'll say that again. If you don't get revelation from God through the Holy Spirit, you're living in what God did, but not what God is doing now. And this only causes spiritual frustration. God doesn't have to do a rerun because he always produces new episodes in your life. God does not have to do a rerun because he always produces new episodes in your life. And scripture is just information if we don't get revelation from it. We need scripture, but we also need revelation. This is why Satan sends demons to study us. He knows the scriptures. Satan knows the scriptures. Although Satan was a cherub angel who once had, had a lot of wisdom and knowledge of God, as we talked about before, he's now stalking us to see what God is up to because he has no revelation. However, he still has a lot of knowledge about God, and he tries to twist God's word and use it against us. Okay? So therefore, that's why we combat it with the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ. All right, let's go to Romans 8 and 11. Romans 8 and 11. Again, Romans 8 and 11. Romans 8 and 11, this one verse, it reads, But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We talk this scripture all the time. The Holy Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit. He talk about the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So the Holy Spirit, we understand the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and ushered the seed of Jesus Christ on earth and placed the seed of Jesus Christ into her womb. It was not God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead, but it was the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit now dwells in children of God. So the Holy Spirit made the conception of Jesus on earth happen and also raised Jesus from the dead. Because, again, God was getting off his throne. So now God the Father is in heaven. God the Son is in heaven. Jesus, Jesus is in heaven. And God the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So since we're in Christ, we can bring what is in the third heaven, which we discussed. That's what God's literal throne is. We can bring it down here on earth, which is the first heaven, just an extension of God's government. So the Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a force or even a feeling. The Holy Spirit is a person, just as God is a person, just as Jesus is a person within the Trinity. So the Holy Spirit is waiting on you. He's waiting on you to go and make disciples of Christ as Jesus commanded. As you go, he will make sure that miracle signs and wonders follow you. He will make sure. The miracle signs and wonders follow you. And the Holy Spirit in you is a weapon of mass destruction against all the works of the enemy that crosses your path. 
I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit in you is a weapon of mass destruction against all the works of the enemy that crosses your path. And the Holy Spirit wants to do so much through you, but you must go and do so he can do great things through you. And the Holy Spirit is enough by himself to also defeat the enemy. Again, we have no excuse with all this power and authority that we've been given. There's no excuse. This is why angels are perplexed as to why we don't just go and do it. They're like, what is going on? Just do it because they get it. So you have such an advantage on earth as a follower of Christ that it almost seems unfair from a fleshly perspective. But thank God we're in the spirit. You have such an advantage on earth. So it's past time that we all wake up to the greater that truly dwells within us. Scripture says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's the Holy Spirit. Look, you got to wake up to who you really are. You're seated in Christ. You have his authority. You have the power of the Holy Spirit, which was the promise that Christ said that will come when we accept him. So there are lives. There are many lives that have been bound by the enemy, and they're waiting on you to bring the power of the kingdom of God into their lives. Okay, let's go to our fourth warfare team member, key player, angels. Okay, only two more scriptures. Okay, let's go to Revelation 12. Revelation 12, verses 7 through 10. Revelation 12. Verses 7 through 10, and then we're going to end on Matthew 18, 19 through 20. So let's go to Revelation 12, 7 through 10, and then we're going to go to Matthew 18 right after that. So that'll be Matthew 18, 19 through 20. And then right now, we're going to read Revelation 12, 7 through 10. So again, this is the fourth key player on our warfare team is our angels. Revelation 12, verses 7 through 10, and it reads, And war broke out in heaven. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. Has been cast down. Has been cast down. Okay? So here we see. Uh, here we see that uh, the vision that John had of war in heaven. This was a vision that John had of war in heaven. This is likely a future war. Although Satan has already been cast down before humans were created, he still has some access to bring accusation against the children of God. And Michael, who is the first in rank amongst the archangels in his department, along with the angels under his command. Of course, we know that God is the commander-in-chief. Uh, so Michael and his archangels uh, have fought and will fight against Satan. And Michael is in charge of all the warring angels. And we talked about how in the second heaven, that's where all the spiritual activity takes place. So when we pray, uh, our prayers reach third heaven where God's throne is. God sends back the answer to the prayer. But as we discovered in Daniel 10, there's a, war goes, there's a war that goes on in the second heaven. So there's demonic principalities that may be trying to block your blessings, that may be trying to hold up answer to your prayer. Because in Daniel 10, it said it just took 21 days for Daniel to get the answer to the prayer. God sent it the moment he prayed it. But there was 21 days it was held because angel was, I mean, Gabriel was fighting, got into a fight with the demonic principality that tried to stop him. And then Michael came down and, and helped Gabriel fight. And so Gabriel was able to break free. And go deliver the answer to Daniel. Okay? And so, again, that's the warfare that goes on. That's why 
Prayer is so essential. That's why we got the war against the enemy, okay? And so, of course, Michael, again, they're going to do the fight. Michael and his archangels, the warrior angels, they're going to do the fighting against the principalities in the second heaven, okay? And so, uh, and so with that being said, uh, this is why we have to pray so we can put them to flight, put our angels to flight, to war on our behalf. So Satan also has his army of angels or demons who sided with him, with him as we well know. Um, so when the enemy attacks, you must pray and speak against those spirits in Jesus' name. As you pray, warring angels begin to fight for you. So do your part, and they will do their part. And Satan knows that his times are short, so he tries to cause havoc in the lives of falls of Christ. However, we already know that we've won. Notice that Satan and his demons did not prevail against Michael and the other warring angels. They did not prevail against Michael and, 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 and God's angels. So Michael and, his, and again, Michael and his age, angels alone is enough for us to win in spiritual warfare. So, so look at all our all members on our spiritual warfare team, God, Jesus. Uh, the Holy Spirit, now into angels, and any one of them by themselves is more than enough. So this, is, again, shows you how much you have on your side. You can't lose. Okay? So, again, there is no excuse for us not to go and do what Christ commanded. So there are various beliefs as to if this war that they're talking in this passage, if it already happened or if it's still going to happen in the future. But we understand that it's going to be a war at the end regardless. So we know for certain that battles on earth are reflected of battles in heaven. We also know that Satan has already been cast down. And kicked out of heaven onto earth. And look, Satan knows he's defeated. It's not like he's waiting like, say, you know, it, 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 it could be a big war. Yeah, it could be a big war, but he knows he's already lost. So he's just waiting for his final punishment. That's why he hates us. That's why he's trying to stop us from doing God's will. Okay? But again, Satan and his demons have no power over us as long as we walk in the things of God. Walk in the power, walk in authority. Okay? And so, uh, so again, this is why prayer is so vital. This passage was also over the war. It was a war over the church. And we are the church. And so, again, this is why prayer is important. This, again, shows that there is a fight over you. There is a fight over your life. There is a fight over your life. And this is why you must engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. There is a fight over your children's life. There is a fight over your family's life. There's a fight. It's a fight. That's why we talk about spiritual warfare, so you can know how to fight. So the same way Satan and his demons were evicted from heaven, watch this now, the same way Satan and his demons were evicted from heaven is the same way They'll be evicted from your life as you walk in power and authority. Same way. And so Satan attempts to bring accusations against us to God because of Jesus' sacrifice. We who believe in Jesus are saved by his blood. You're saved by his blood. So Satan, so, all, so, so watch this now. All Satan can do is try to attempt to deceive us and get us not to carry out God's will on earth. Satan brings accusations against us day and night. After this war, he will no longer be able to do that. This is another reminder of why prayer is important. Satan is showing up to court all the time, so we need to show up by praying, okay? So the difference now is that because of Christ's sacrifice, Christ is now our advocate. He intercedes for us. So it doesn't matter what accusation Satan brings against you. You may have done it. But Romans 8, 33 to 34 says that who shall bring a charge against God's elect if it is God who justifies? Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God. Who also makes intercession for us. And the Greek term in this verse, uh, that particular verse I read, uh, is ankaleo, which means to bring a charge against. So Satan tries to bring charges against us in the court of God, but Christ is our advocate. Christ is our defense attorney. And understand, Satan is not like God, and he cannot be everywhere at once. Satan cannot be everywhere at once. His headquarters is in hell. His headquarters also set up places on earth, but he simply tried to duplicate what God did. But God is in heaven. But God does the work 
through us and his angels. Satan is set up in hell and on earth, but he tries to influence people and his demons to do the majority of, of his work. So yet he still roams the earth, seeking who he, he may devour. There's something called a, uh, the 1040 window. It's called the 1040 window. Uh, a Christian missionary named Lewis Bush, uh, he, he coined this term in 1990. Uh, and it's a rectangular area on the map that grow, goes across northern Africa and most of Asia. From 10 degrees latitude north of the equator and 40 degrees latitude north of the equator. That's why it's called the 1040 window. And, that, and so with that 1040 window, you could draw like a rectangle over, like I said, the northern tip of Africa and most of Asia. And uh, in that rectangular area, watch this now, it consists of two-thirds of the world's population or over 4 billion people. Okay? And watch this now. 90% of those people are unevangelized and have never heard the gospel. Half of the world's least evangelized cities are in this window. So it's often known as the resistant belt. Some people call it the resistant belt. And many of the leaders of the countries in this window are opposed to Christian work even coming in their areas. And roughly 85% – watch this now. I'm going to show you how the enemy tries to work. Roughly 85% of the people living in this window are the poorest of the poor in the world. 84% have the lowest quality of life. And what are the religions in this area? Religion of Islam, Buddhism, and Hindu, Hinduism. So we know that Satan has been given great access in this window, and the foundation has grown strong in that 1040 window. There are also demonic principalities that attempt to influence politics and have certain laws put in place to give demons more access in a particular territory. So understand, you cannot afford to lose territory to the enemy. So we have to fight back in the spirit and take back territory that rightfully belongs to us. So Satan is, 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 is hammering those people in that particular area, okay, because of how much influence he has in that area. So, and that's one whole entire, you know, parts of a continent. So imagine your area, just your area that God's assigned to you. You can't allow the enemy to come up on your territory and, and, and rule. You rule. You've got to stay on your seat, and you have the power and authority to do it. Okay, let's talk about our last team member on our warfare team, which is our brothers and sisters in Christ. Of course, and that includes us, Matthew 18, 19 through 20, and it reads, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So Jesus showed us the importance of praying with others in agreement. Where two or three are gathered together in Jesus' name, he will be in the midst of them. And this is why it's good to have at least one person you can pray with and who can come in agreement with you that the will of God is done in your life. And the great thing about it is that you can come in agreement with God's word. Every, everyone doesn't have to see it. But come in agreement with, with, with God's word, and his word alone serves as your witness. God's word alone can serve as your witness, and Christ will be there. So everyone in the army of God must fulfill their responsibilities. We all need each other. I need you. You need me. This is why when one is weak, the other must be strong. This is why godly covenants are so important. You need to be surrounded by the right people in the proper seasons. Some people will be in your life forever, but others will be for a season. So don't keep people around when their season has expired. It doesn't mean that something is wrong with them, but some can be a hindrance to the process. So we still need them to fulfill their role in the body of Christ, yes, but they just may not have a full-time role in your life. Okay? So what is a promise? What is a promise is that when two or three gather together in the name of Jesus, he is there. He is there with you regardless because he already told us earlier that he will be with us low to the end, to the end of the age. We just got to go out and do the work. Okay, but this is, this passage just shows the power of agreement. The agreement is not just with anything, but it's with coming in agreement with God's will. 
You're not coming in agreement to do things wrong or things that are outside of God's will. It's about being in agreement with God's will. And this is why we should always seek God's will to where his will becomes our wants. So we want God's will to become our wants. It is, it is God's will for you to win in this life, and nothing or no one can change that. It is God's will for you to win. And one thing that is for certain is that when you come together with other warriors in Christ, you will send the enemy running. Okay? So, again, recap about the five key players on your warfare team, and one of them by himself is enough, but we have all five. You have God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, angels, and your brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is something to be excited about. So we have to go, go out and do, which is the minimum. Heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, etc. It's the minimum. He gave it to us because we have the power in us, the Holy Spirit, authority of Jesus Christ, all authority to give it to him, which is now given unto us because he does the work through us. So I'm going to close us on out in prayer. Father God, we come now at the end of this Bible study, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for the word that went forth on this night, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for continuing to open the eyes of these, your people, continue to open our eyes and empower us, oh God, and, and catapult us forward, oh God, to wake us up to the power and authority that you've given us, oh God, to wake us up to the responsibility that you've given us here on this earth, oh God. We thank you, oh God. We bless your name, oh God. We come against every attack of the enemy, oh God, that will try to in, in place, uh, will try to place fear in the hearts of these, your people. We come up against it now in the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God. I declare your spirit of peace shall rest upon these, your people, O oh God. Your spirit of peace, O oh God. Holy Spirit, lead them into all truth in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, O oh God, for their God-given assignments, O oh God. I thank you for their territory that you have assigned to them, O oh God. I declare that they shall govern, they shall rule in the territory you have given unto them in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I bless your name, O oh God. I thank you for all that you're going to do in their lives, O oh God. I thank you for the praise reports that shall come out of their lives, O oh God. I thank you for the seeds that they shall show shall sow, O oh God, and that they shall reap, reap a great harvest, O oh God. So we bless your name. We glorify your name now. These no best reacts to your son. Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. So, of course, that's all I have for you tonight. This is Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. Remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. Good night. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.